Amen. Anybody here will trust in the Lord Amen. until you die? Yeah. That means you don't give up. You don't give in. But you trust until you die. If you're going to join with me, open up your Bible to the gospel according to Mark 11 chapter. Looking at verses 20 to 25. I want to reflect on this moment of thought this evening, the passion for faith. As we are turning there, we sang, great is thy faithfulness. We were speaking of God, how great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. Come on, somebody. He is faithful morning by morning, but by minute by minute, we waver. I'm a Cub fan, but when they have a bad game, they get me mad. That go inning by inning. <laughs> I like until the eighth inning, then here come the close. I don't know what's about to happen. I'm upset. But our God is faithful. Then we sing, I will trust in the Lord. Faith is not an abstract situation. We may oftentimes use faith as something existing in thought or as an idea, but not having a physical or concrete. Or we use it in the verb to consider something theoretically or separately from something. I'm here to argue with you that faith is substance. Somebody's with me. So faith is not something that's whimsical, as abstract, as something that's unattainable. But faith is evidence of knowing that something is real. Let's look in our gospel. Y'all with me to say amen? amen. Not to say hold on. I'll hold on. I love the kids holding on. Amen. Praise God for the children. Gospel according to Mark 11 chapter starting at verse 20. Still not there to say hold on? I'm going to be there for the next 15, 20 minutes. So won't be there too long, but I'll be there long enough for you to catch up with me. Amen. The Word of God says, reading from the New Revised Standard Version, says, In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. Can somebody say fig tree? Withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus answered them. Y'all see that there, right? He simply said, have faith in God. Can somebody say that with me? Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but what? Oh, I, I lost somebody. I, I told you where we are. Did I lose you a lot? Was I reading too fast? Let me slow this down. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but thank you, that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. What is faith? First, I point out to you again, faith is not abstract, but faith is something that is attainable. It's measurable. It is real. Wake up your neighbor to your right. They fall asleep already. Wake up them all right to them saying faith is real. Cast this, cast this. Don't let go of this. Faith is real. Faith, our best way I'll describe it to you is like a ruler. You take a ruler and believe that that ruler gives you the correct measurements and you don't double check it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all seen y'all looking at me kind of lost. You don't buy a ruler and pull out another ruler and measure. No, you believe the ruler you have has the accurate measurements. And therefore, when you mess up on something, you go back and remeasure it because you believe the measurements are always right, but maybe the product may not. The carpenter says what? Measure twice, cut once. Because he does not say the cutting is wrong. He makes sure that the measurement is right. So you put faith in an inanimate object that man made up and you trust that its measurements are always correct. And when the result is wrong, you go back to the measurement to be your validation. I'm here to let you know that God shall always be your measurement. Too many times in our life we trust other things first and then we go to God second. You're sick, you call the pastor. I love you, that's great, but you serve first to call on God. You lost, you upset, you call on so. That's great, that's right, but sometimes you first need to talk to God. Oftentimes we get lost, we get sick, we get hurt, we get stressed, we get messed up because we're doing things we ought not to do. But if we just had a little talk with Jesus, makes it right. It says, in the morning. Because Jesus saw this fig tree another morning and was hungry, but there was no fruit on that fig tree. So he cursed it. That always troubled me in this text because I, I always wonder why he cursed the fig tree. I still don't know why he cursed the fig tree, but I saw he used it as a teaching moment. Because on the next day, Peter noticed the fig tree and said, Master, Rabbi, look, look, that tree you curse is dead to the root. He just simply looked at him and told him what? Somebody's with me. That's all he said. Have faith in God. But I'm so glad Jesus is, is, is very perceptive that he knows that when you say something, you might not always get it the first time. So he says, oh, let me break it down to you, young man. And he says to them. He didn't just talk to Peter. He said, I see all y'all don't get it. He's basically saying that in order for you to have faith in God, you first must believe that God is. And I write that. God is my all in all. You, Hebrews eleven six said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the problem is we quote that verse, but we leave just the A part. We don't go on. You first have to realize that it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. Because why? First, you must believe that God is. He is who he is. That Jehovah is Lord. That he does exist. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, there's an element about this faith means that my faith is not based on an abstract situation of things. I just I think it might happen. But faith is no, I know it can happen. 
God moves in awesome ways. So Jesus let him know, just have faith in God. He's like, I'm about to leave you, and you are doubting, looking at this fig tree. I'm trying to break it down to you that if you have faith in God, not only can you make that fig tree wither, but you can tell a mountain. And the way the text reads, it says, like, this mountain, so I can believe he sit with my uh, Holy Ghost imagination. I can see Jesus pointing to Mount Moriah where he's going to be up there talking to him in his discord, the Olivet Mountain. I can see him pointing to the mountain says, you can make this mountain move into the sea. I, I, I realize that sometimes there's mountains in our lives. And, 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 and when we look at them, they look impossible. They look mouse. They look, look massive and big and, and impossible. Uh, what are some mountains? Uh, cancer. Uh, that's a mountain. Diabetes. Uh, that's a, a mountain. Uh, debt. Mm, that's a, a mountain. Marriage. Mm, that's a mountain. Children. Mm, that's a mountain. And when you look at it and you look at you, you look how lack of control you have. Oh, you could tell child, sit down, but child, if they, if they wanted, could throw a rock at your face. You can go to that bank saying, I got some money, but that bank closed, your money gone too. Come on, somebody. But yet, if you go to God, just have faith in God, then you don't worry about all those other stuff. Because you realize what God is possible. Look at the elements he points out in faith that you first must believe. And you cannot have doubt uh, in your heart. Now, this is where we all have trouble because we all have doubt because we all deal with fear, false evidence appearing real. We all have fear of things not working out. But yet you have more trust in a dollar bill than you do in God. You take that dollar bill to Starbucks, to McDonald's, to wherever you can with a, with a dollar, believing you can purchase something with that dollar. But Jesus already lets you know that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, come on, somebody. But you're you going to trust a man-made piece of paper with a dead president on it. But my living God done told you, if you just ask in my name, I will give it to you. Do you have the passion for faith? See, Jesus shows us what is possible with faith. He's showing us how we can do great things in faith. Do not doubt in your heart. And look how he points out to it. Look how he opens it. He says, truly, I tell you. In other words, he's telling you, without a doubt, bet your bottom dollar down. I know this is real. That if you move in this way and act like you already got it, you'll have it. Let me, let me slow down somebody. I'll just read the text again if you don't hear what I'm saying. So I tell you. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Yes, I'm glad you got that. It's right there in the text. Jesus says, if you believe it, act like you have received it. All y'all want something, but you don't know how to take care of what you got. You know that if God will give you something, he is going to hold you accountable for what he gives you. We know the parable about the talents. He made them all accountable for what they had. And so the one that had five act like he had ten. Well, God gave him that much more. The one that had one act like he had none. God took that away. 
Do you see how it works out? If you don't trust him and you doubt him, you lose out on what you can't have. And then what you do have, that's gone too. It's right there in the text. Don't doubt it. Believe it. Because when you believe it, you already got it. Woo! Look, 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 look. At this faith. He's not only talking about faith, how we can have it in God and in him, but how your faith should be active in your prayer life. Too many times in our prayers, we go to God after we go see the doctor. Doctor tells you that you only have so many days to live. So you come to God. God, I only got six days to live. Uh, uh, Please help me get through it. But. In my Bible, when doctors tell people, and they pay, people tell them how they have leprosy, how they're sick unto death, they go to God, say, God, heal them. That went over somebody here. Let me say it again. They said, heal them. Not, God, we know I only got a few days left, but if you want to, I'll take more, more days than what the doctor said. No, 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 no. They said, make me whole. Matter of fact, those who felt so unholy, unworthy, the centurion soldier said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. He believed that Jesus has the fact that he knew that the evidence was before him, that Jesus has healed before. He can do it again. And he says, I know you can. And catch this. He said, just say the word and he be healed. And what did he find out? At the same time, Jesus spoke at that same hour, at the same time, it was done. Why? Because this centurion soldier had enough sense to say, I want to time this miracle. Some of you need to go ahead and write down when you pray to God about something so you can say, at this time, I know I was here. Come on, something. How, how else can we see faith moving when we say, Lord, I trust the cross, but I don't trust when I'm on my knees? You believe when you confess him that he's your Lord and Savior, but then the next day you act like he's not Lord. Because you have not fully believed who he is. If you fully believe who he is, then you will fully always acknowledge him and trust him and lean not to your own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make a crooked path straight. He'll make a hilly plain flat. He'll make the mountains smooth. He'll make the rough road easy. He'll make everything simple. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. But will you trust in him? So do you have faith? In him. Jesus gave a simple statement to him, just have faith in God. When I think about that, I think about a Abraham talking to Isaac. Isaac, where's the sacrifice? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. I can see Abraham looking to himself and saying, I have faith in God. But yet that was just a a macro of the micro that Abraham was willing to give up his son. Look at our God. The father willing to give up his son. But yet this all is set on do you have faith in the father? Because when you have faith in the father, you have faith 
in the Son. And when you have faith in the Son, the Son says, I'll pour you out my Holy Ghost. And when you have the Holy Ghost, you can hear clearly from heaven. Because Jesus said, the Holy Ghost will only tell you what my Father says. And that's when you need to stand on up and say, I'll go where you go. I'll say what you say. I'll do what you tell me to do. Because I'm a follower of Christ. Look, look, look at what faith. Faith, again, is like a ruler. We, we believe the marks on the ruler, whether it's the metric or the inch, we believe the evidence that it shows. It shows us that this makes up an inch. You believe that is an inch. It shows you what makes a foot. You believe that is a foot. So when you go to something, you always go back to that last measurement. Well, let's look at the evidence of the cross. In the world's eye, the cross represents capital punishment. It involves embarrassment. It involves you are a criminal and you deserve to die. But when we look at through the prism of the word of God, the cross represents my debt. And the evidence is that I owe something and I could not pay it. And therefore, the cross represents my debt and how it was paid. Because the cross does not stand alone. Because when you talk about the cross, you talk about the tomb. And we know that they laid him in a rich man's tomb. Jesus was so poor, he didn't have any insurance. Some of y'all need to get some insurance. But Jesus didn't have any insurance that he had somebody else pay for his burial. And I'm so glad that it was covered. And when he got in that burial, he realized he didn't have to pay for it because he didn't need one. And since he did not need one, he knew that he was going to get up on that third day morning. But yet there were some detractors who did not believe. And those detractors were the disciples. Oh, yeah, I caught y'all off guard. Y'all didn't know I was going to go there. See, they're the only ones that was upset and scared. But the Pharisees and Sadducees went to Pilate and said, you need to put some guards on that tomb because he said he's going to rise again. How is it that the enemies of God trust him more than the saints of God? We known God all our life. It's hard for us to believe. But a sinner dying in their world, that first thing they're going to call out, Lord, save me. And yet, look what happened here. No matter what they put in front of the tomb, the rock that was already in front of the tomb, still the tomb rock was rolled over, the guards were laying down, and our Lord was up. The evidence of the cross shows that my debt has been paid. He has defeated death. Sin, where is thy victory? Oh, death, where is thy sting? He is risen from the grave, seated at the right hand of the Father. But my question is, do you believe that? Because if you believe that, then you won't be quiet about that. You will tell everybody and anybody willing to listen that I know somebody who came to die for everybody. So go and tell somebody about Jesus, the risen son. Place your faith in him and realize how life will never be the same. I want to grab again. Faith is not abstract. Faith is not some whimsical, wistful, hopeful idea. That's, that's not the faith Christ is talking about. His faith is based on the evidence I have already provided for you. I'm going to close with this. Now, I told you I'm going to keep you long, six to seven. All you have to do is go back into Exodus. In Exodus, 
the, the writer quotes how God is going to redeem his people. But he says, I have to do this so that they know that I am Lord. And he said, I have to give them enough evidence to know that who I am. I already know that Pharaoh's heart is going to be hard, so I got to do these plagues so that they know that I am Lord. But even before he went before Pharaoh, he said, I got to set my people up. I got to prepare them. Moses prepared these miracles before them first. So that when they see it done again, they realize, oh, I've seen that somewhere before. And then that was just setting them up that when they got to the Red Sea and they thought, oh, my God, we're about to fall. We're about to fail. It's, a, it's not going to we're not going to make it. But then they saw a fire behind them and confusion happened behind them. But before them, they saw a path that was crooked, a path that was rough, a path that seemed impassable become straight. And they walked towards their victory. We see here that God will always give his evidence of who he is. But the question is, will you believe it? Look at how he sold himself to us. He came so that we would know who he is. He has given us evidence. So faith, faith is not based on things that's not real. It's based on what is real. God is real. Jesus is is Lord. He is risen. He is alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And while he's at the right hand of the Father, he is interceding on yours and my behalf. He is telling the Father that our names are on his lips. And I'm so glad that my name is on his lips because it's not only on his lips, but it's in the Lamb's book of life. So when he calls me up before him, I ain't worried about that death or that leg. But I'm so glad that in my Father's house is rooms of many mansions. I'm talking about all that good stuff because it sounds so good. But before I can even get there, I first got to trust in him. We always, we always want the reward. But we don't want to do the work. James says, I show you my faith by my works. Jesus showed in telling them, this is how you work out your faith. Believe in me. Talk to me. And when you talk to me, believe in me. And then the last part, remove what is blocking you from believing in me. What's blocking? Unrepentant heart. It says forgive your brothers. You see that in the text? I'm not going nowhere else. Forgive. Verse 26 is not in all of translations. But it does not mean it's not true. <laughs> Verse 26 said, if you don't forgive, your father will not forgive you. A lot of manuscripts do not have that. But Matthew's in the sixth chapter has that when Jesus was teaching the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. But he's pointing out this, that how dare you trust in God to forgive you, but you don't forgive others. How is it you have faith in him to forgive you, but you don't have faith enough that he will forgive others? 
you're playing God that you have control and they don't have a control. But how dare you say, Lord, I trust that you forgive me and you forgive me of all my sins. But I'm going to play God and say, I don't forgive them. No, place your faith in him. He is the judge. He is Lord. It is God. Just simply, you need to have this as your mantra is that I believe in God, have faith in God. I trust in God. It's not I wish in God. I have good luck in God. But no, I have faith in God. I trust in God. My hope is in God. What's the song say? My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Come on, somebody. We need to realize that that's all I need is Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground. Do you have the passion for the faith? But a passion for the faith will always take you back to the cross. And when you go to the cross, you need to die to yourself and live with him. Bless the Lord. We're going to close out with this song. Verse, uh, hymn number 377, it is well with my soul.